Welcome to the Imaginative Apologetics Podcast brought to you by Cole Parsley. Imaginative apologetics is the use of fictional storytelling to render a specific truth in real life. These defenses of the faith are often more persuading and reveal more truth even than just quoting facts or statistics. They are also much easier to remember. Imaginative apologetics was even the way Jesus taught quite often through vivid fictional stories, or as we call them, parables. Today's episode is titled, The Real Dracula. We're going to talk about who the real Dracula was. He was an actual person in history. And I must warn you that if you are easily disgusted, easily scared, you even have a weak stomach, then this isn't for you. This isn't for children. This isn't quote-unquote what we would want to talk about in a, in a Sunday school setting, though I don't think that would necessarily be a bad thing because it's important and it teaches us a great lesson. The Real Dracula. Vlad Dracul was his name. He was the son of a king in Wallachia. The Ottoman Empire was reigning at this time, and it was Muslim. Dracul, it's worth noting, he grew up Catholic. His father was a member of a knightly order called the Order of the Dragon. Its sole purpose was to defend Christianity. It's odd, however, that this can also mean son of devil. This word dragon, Dracul, where his name was derived from. It can comes from this, this cult that was committed to defending Christianity, the order of the dragon. But Dracul can also mean son of devil. While the mythical story of Count Dracula the vampire is scary and gruesome, it is nowhere near as frightening as the real historical Vlad Dracul. Vlad Dracul and his younger brother were sent to prison by the Muslim Ottoman Empire. This was the reigning empire. This was the scary empire for, for Wallachia, which is where he was from. He was sent to prison or kidnapped, him and his younger brother, so that Dracul's father, who was the king, would stay loyal to the empire. Another nation, Hungary, they were also kind of enemies of. You got Wallachia, Hungary, and then this Ottoman Empire. Hungary came and murdered Vlad's father and his eldest brother while he and his younger brother were still in prison. So not only is this child taken from his father, taken from his homeland, basically kidnapped, but he also witnesses another nation kill his family, and they didn't just kill them. They tortured them. They took out their eyes, among other things. And this only fueled Vlad's fire. Vlad Dracul's fire, it fueled it. And he sought revenge, and he had hatred in his heart. The Hungarians put Vlad's older cousin on the throne. Upon hearing this, Vlad, with the help of the Ottoman Empire... The, the people who kidnapped him, he stormed his hometown and attempted to kill his cousin, but it was unsuccessful, and he sent 
into exile. He goes away for several years. Vlad does. Later, his cousin lost favor with Hungary. And Vlad, with their support, invaded his cousin again, except this time killing him and taking the Wallachia throne that was rightfully his. So you, again, you have this power struggle for Wallachia between the Ottoman Empire and Hungary. After taking the throne, Vlad sought revenge and to establish his power as a ruler. He invited hundreds of boyars, or we will just say they're higher-ups in Wallachia, to a banquet. He invites them to a feast. He invites them to a great meal. They're celebrating Vlad the ruler. He invites them in good faith. And hundreds of these wealthy people come. These higher-ups, they come to this banquet expecting a feast, expecting a celebration. But instead, what they are met with is a gruesome death. You see, Vlad was known as the Impaler. And he tricked these hundreds of boyars and impaled every single one of them, making them watch one another be impaled and slowly die until it was their turn. Impaling was a gruesome experience. It was a horrible experience. It was a form of torture in which a wooden log was sharpened at one end. It was placed in the ground with the sharp end pointing up and the victims were made to sit on the sharp end of the log where it would pierce through their body slowly as the force of gravity made them sink further and further down the log. After much war and conflict, because Vlad sided with Hungary. The Ottoman Empire didn't like this, and they sent over a hundred thousand, over a hundred thousand troops to invade Wallachia. Vlad, knowing he couldn't win, he retreated. But in Wallachia, his his hometown, he poisoned the water in the wells so that the, when the soldiers invaded, they would drink of the water and they would die. Not only this, but but of his people, he would send the sick, those with leprosy or tuberculosis, he would send them to Wallachia, which is just invaded by the Ottoman Empire, so that they would infect the soldiers. As this Ottoman Empire is invading and searching for Vlad, he does another, another form of, of great violence, and he slaughters an entire village of 20,000 as the leader of this empire, of this invasion, goes into the village that he hears Vlad is in. He sees it as a ghost town. There's nothing there. They're searching and they're searching. Again, nobody around. Until finally he sees what appears to be a forest. Except it's a forest of corpses. 20,000 bodies impaled on logs with birds nesting in the bodies, with women and their children impaled on the same logs. This is what they found. The invader 
the leader of this Ottoman Empire was so bothered by this that he actually retreated his troops. Later on, Vlad would be captured. This is a great reminder, this story, of what man is capable of. I mean, the absolute evil that man is capable of. And when these evil men, they get in leadership positions, it's bad. But it's also a reminder to us that just because you say you're a Christian doesn't mean you are. Just because someone claims they wear the title Christian does not mean they are anywhere close to a Christian. And we need to always remember that. And Jesus tells us to remember that. Matthew seven fifteen, Jesus says, Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. Beware of these people who look like sheep who are pretending, but in reality, they are like ravenous wolves who, who will, will do away with you in a moment's notice and enjoy it as Vlad asked these men to, to accompany him in a feast. He was in sheep's clothing and then he turned on them in a moment. Jesus says they will be in the churches. They will be among you and watch out for them. Beware of them. Expose them. Another important lesson is how we know Vlad was not a Christian was because what he was capable of. But also Christians, we don't seek violence, but we seek peace. Peace and love. Matthew chapter 5, verses 38 through 9, where Jesus says, You have heard that it was said, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, do not resist the one who is evil. But, but if anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. Even when people do us harm, we are to seek peace, not revenge. For revenge is the Lord's. Justice is the Lord's. In other moments, Jesus says, you will know them by their fruit. You will know them by what they do. That's how we can tell who is really a Christian. You will know them by their fruit. You will know them by their actions. I want to simply ask you, by your actions, are you a Christian or are you just wearing that title? The story today was dark and not exactly Sunday school material, but it is a great reminder of the condition of man and the evil he is capable of. And I am willing to bet this story will not be easily or soon forgotten. Thanks for listening to this episode of Imaginative Apologetics. We hope that you will take the story taught here and tell it to someone during your own journey today. Don't forget to leave a like, share, and most importantly, a review. Thanks for watching.